Welcome back to The John Morris Show, a podcast for freelancers, web developers, and online business owners navigating the chaotic world of technology and online business. If you're new to the show, be sure to visit johnmorrisshow.com to subscribe on iTunes, Android, and TuneIn, and find past episodes of the show. And last but not least, as a podcast listener, you can get free access to my entire curriculum of freelancing and web development courses with the exclusive two-month free trial of Skillshare that I can give you. All the details on how to get that are at johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Again, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Now, let's get to the show. Are you listening? Damn. Hey guys, John here back with another episode of the show. So this episode, I'm going to be going into making a six-figure income. I wanted to talk about this because I've, uh, it's something that when I first started freelancing was a kind of a big goal of mine, and I, I know a lot of freelancers have the same goal, but not a lot of people like to talk about it. Matter of fact, if you do some some Googling uh, on this topic, you'll find that the, some of the, the top results, they'll do a lot of preaching and telling you why you shouldn't care about this or how it's so overwhelming or this or that. And that hasn't really been my experience. I, I mean, there were some things early on that I experienced that kind of held me back a little bit and it was a struggle at first, but once I changed some things, once I figured some things out, um, it actually became a lot easier than I imagined it was going to be. And so I just really want to talk about uh, those things, the things that I changed and and kind of hopefully give you a little bit of a roadmap to start walking down that path. And whether you ultimately get to six figures or whatever that goal is for you, it could be lesser, it could be more whatever, just start walking down that path and taking the right steps to get your income, your freelance income as high as it can be. So that's what's in this episode. So with that said, let's dive in. The very first thing that you need to do that I did is you need to do the math. And the big point here is just a simple question. How many hours per week do you need to bill and at what rate in order to make six figures in a year? So do you know the answer to that question already? If you do not, then your six-figure goal isn't a goal. It's really just a dream. It's kind of just a pipe dream that's kind of out there, but you don't have a definite plan for actually achieving it if you don't know the answer to this question. And probably if there's anything else that you take away, like there's nothing else that you take away from this episode, that's what I want you to take away. Do the math, understand what you need to do, and actually have a definite plan, whatever your income goal is, whether it's six figures uh, or not know the math because that's the only way that you actually have uh, a strategy or plan to 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 reach that so i use this equation you just take a hundred thousand divided by 52 weeks and then divide that again by the hours per week that you're going to uh, you plan or you estimate that you're going to bill for and that's going to give you your minimum hourly hourly rate now the reason that i do it that way is because I think the hours per week is the thing that you can control the most or the thing that you can think about the most. So you might say, I'm going to work 40 hours per week. Yeah, you got to get the clients to bill up the clients to be able to log that many billable hours. Understandable. But you can sort of set how many hours you want to work uh, per week. So that if you do that equation, it's going to tell you what your minimum hourly rate is. And then you can kind of just play with those two numbers, hourly rate and hours per week. Now, what so if we just look at some hard numbers here you take a hundred thousand let's say we're we're billing 50 hours per week which is a lot but let's just say we're doing it that's 2600 hours billed in a year which means you would have to charge 
$38 per hour. Now, I think that would surprise a lot of freelancers because I get emails from freelancers who want to make six figures, but they're only charging $25 an hour. So what that means is you would have to log 76 billable hours per week. That's actually pretty hard to do, especially when you start looking at what clients will, will bill, how many hours they'll bill on uh, an average week. I've found that at least for what I do in my niche, and it can vary quite a bit, but five to 10 hours was a, was a number that I could sort of bank on and plan around. There were some clients that build a lot more. There were some clients that build a lot less, but generally if I planned around five to 10 hours per week per client, then I, that was a number I could plan around. So if you look at that and you, and you do the math, you would need eight to 15 clients, active clients logging five to 10 hours per week in order to hit $100,000 if you're only charging $25 per hour. Basically, the point is, is if you're charging $25 per hour and you have a goal of of hitting six figures, it's almost unattainable. It's, it's very difficult to do. Eight to 15 active clients is a lot. You would be pretty miserable, at least for what I do with web development. Maybe some other niches, that's not so bad. But in any case, the, the point is you, you want to figure out these numbers. Now, if you compare that to, to my hourly rate, I charge $100 per hour. So if you take 100,000 divided by 100, that gives you 1,000 hours that I need to log in a year in order to hit $100,000 in revenue. So if you break that down, that's about it's a little less than three hours per day or 20 hours per week. That's a lot more attainable if you're getting five to 10 hours per week from clients. Well, I only need two to four clients that I need to to have as active clients in order to hit that income goal. So again, big point. The, the first thing is do the math, know what these numbers are, know how they work and so forth. And then the other thing is understanding how many clients you need and recognizing that it's a, usually a lot easier to charge more than it is to get more clients. And when you hear people talk about, oh, you shouldn't care about making $100,000 or you know, trying to reach that mark is going to make you miserable and this and that, what they're doing is they're trying to hit the $100,000 mark by getting more clients, not by charging more. And the approach that has worked best for me and again, I'm just telling you what I know. The approach that's worked best for me is to charge more, to focus on being able to charge more and having more and more premium clients. That way you're not running yourself ragged. You know, you're not just taking any old project. You're not overworked. You're not miserable. And you're still able to make what you want to make. Whether it's $100,000, whether it's a little less, whether it's a little more, whatever it is, um, charging more per hour really is the way to get there and that's that's kind of what I want to show you here okay or the point that I want you to get from from this first part so with that said then we get into how do we do it so the second step is defining a unique selling proposition and this is the answer to how do I charge more for my how, how do I charge more for my services so the, the big idea here is the reality is you know there's a thousand other freelancers at least who do what you do and many of whom, frankly, are going to be better than you talent-wise. There's a, I work with developers, with clients of mine, that are way better than me on a daily basis. Far and away better than me. And about every project I've worked on with clients, there's been a developer involved that was way better than me. 
but I generally, most of those developers, I tend to make more than them and do better than them simply because it's it doesn't come down to talent, okay? So the thing you have to think about is what makes you unique? Why should I hire you over the other 999 freelancers who do the exact same thing? Because they're out there. Now, when I ask that question, the most common answers that I get are things like, well, I'm better uh, at what I do. I'm more reliable. Or uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll hear, I really need this. But none of those answers are very compelling to a client. And a client really doesn't care how desperate you are. In fact, the opposite. The more desperate you are, the less likely they are to work with you. So, again, those, those, those answers really aren't going to kind of move the needle when it comes to convincing a client that they should hire you and also pay more for you. So how do you do that? Well, here are some of the answers that I gave and could give to clients of mine. Now, remember, I'm in a very specific niche, building membership sites with WordPress and then a very specific plugin called Wishlist Member. Okay, so one of my answers to the questions of why should they hire me over the other thousands of developers out there that do what I do? Well, one of my clients is the software company who built the membership software that they're using to build their membership site. So the, the, the company that builds this plugin, Wishlist Member, they're one of my clients. I build all of their sites. I do a lot of their content, etc. So that's fairly compelling to, to someone in my niche. I actually help write the API wrapper for their software. So the software has an API, and then we have a PHP wrapper class that I wrote. So I know it inside and out. I know it really well. I know the API really well. So if you want to do something with the API, again, um, there's probably not anybody besides the lead developer of the plugin that knows it better than I do. I was also the lead instructor for their certified developer program. So that was a program where I taught other developers how to use the software to build membership sites. So I was the one who taught everybody else out there that uh, I might be competing with. I built and I run their own membership site, this client. Uh, I've worked on some really big, successful online memberships for people like Michael Hyatt, Lewis House, Inc. Magazine. I know how their sites run. I know how their memberships are built. I know how they market their, their membership sites, etc. So if you look at those things compared to I'm better, I'm more reliable, they're very specific. They're very, they're very re relevant to the, this particular set of clients. And it has nothing to do with talent or reliability. It's 100% unique to me and can be nev never be matched by another developer. It's very appealing to my potential clients. And, and so that's the point. To charge 100, 200 or more per hour, you can't just be good and be reliable. You have to stand out and be unique in a compelling way. So that's what we're after. And if you really this defining a unique selling proposition and getting to this point where where you can figure this out, this is the key to charging more. Charging more is the key to be able to reach whatever income goals you have and everything sort of centered around this. So if you spend, uh, spend some time to do this and figure this out, this can be the thing that sort of sets you free when it comes to your freelance income. And that's really what I want you to get out of this. So, but again, the question is, well, how, how do I figure this out? So you guys have probably, if you've listened to me for any amount of time, you, you've, you've heard me sort of go on about this ad nauseum, but 
the reality is it's just the truth. You start by defining a highly specific niche. So again, I build membership sites using WordPress and a specific membership site called Wishlist Member. Within that niche, all the things that I listed above, they matter tremendously. Outside of it, they're almost worthless. Nobody cares. You probably don't even know what the Certified Developers Program is, right? You don't care. But people in that niche do know what it is. They do care. And the fact that I taught it means something to them. So the more specific you get with your niche, then the easier it is to be the king or queen of that niche. Again, within that niche, I may be one of the best in the world. Outside of that niche, I'm just another, uh, I'm just another freelancer. I'm just another developer. And, and that's the point. You want to figure out what that niche is for you. The next thing then is niche-specific authority. So it's really just what I said. Within my niche, all those things I listed give me authority. Outside of it, they don't. So what you have to do is figure out what matters to your particular clients in your specific niche and create, and I want to highlight that word, create. Not hope, not wish, not wait. Create. Proactively go out and create authority around those things that matter to your clients. So to give you an example, let's say that you decide you want to build landing pages in WordPress. And I'm using that that example because I've had students of mine be very successful with it. Now, if you're a designer or developer, you might be you might be tempted to focus in on how good your designs look or the technology that you use to build them. That's a typical approach that a developer or designer might take to say a landing page. But in that niche, what do clients care about most? Well, I can tell you it's conversion. Landing pages are all about converting visitors into leads or customers. And that's the number one thing that people in that niche care about. So the design, the technology, all that other stuff, it's fine, but it's all in service of increasing conversions. So when you think about that, then you can ask, how might you develop authority in that niche? Well, create some landing pages. Now you can do it for a client, you can just do it for yourself, somebody you know, you can start off doing some free stuff just to get something built, but don't just build anything. That's I want you to have strategy behind this. That's that's really what I'm trying to get at. But create something and then whether maybe they're if you're doing it for a friend or a family member for free or or maybe you're able to get a client or whatever it is and they start getting traffic to that landing page, track the conversion rates on that landing page you know, and, and actually come up with uh, some results that you can mention. Study landing page conversion, figure out what works to increase those conversion rates, become an expert in conversion, blog about it, etc. You could go out right now, you could build a landing page around any topic. You may never ever intend on selling anything on it, but you create a landing page around a particular topic and you can, for two to three cents a click, send traffic from Google ads to those pages. So, for about a dollar, you could get 50 people to a landing page. So for 20 bucks, you could get, say, a thousand people to a landing page and you could track the conversions and say, oh, it converted at 56%. Okay, now you have some real data and you can take that template, you can take your knowledge and say, you know, created a landing page that can for XYZ niche that converted at 56%. You spent 20 bucks to do that, to create that authority, but that's going to go a long way with potential clients. You do that four or five times, maybe you spend 100 bucks, 
And now you have four or five things that you can list as a conversion expert on uh, on your profile and so forth. So you're just going to get a lot more clients to be able to charge a lot more, which is the key here. If you can say something like something specific, like for most websites, I can triple your conversions with my specifically designed landing pages or whatever it is versus, hey, I build nice looking landing pages and I'm reliable. That's just not going to move the needle as much. So it's all about authority and niche specific authority. If you if you want to charge more, this is the the correlation I want you to get. If you want to charge more, you have to increase your authority. The more you increase your authority, the more you're able gonna gonna be able to charge more. It's not a hundred percent about talent. A talent is what allows you to build authority, but it's not the 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 correlation isn't direct. If you have a bunch of talent but don't go out and build authority, that doesn't mean you're gonna be able to charge more. And I think that's a missing piece for a lot of freelancers who are really good at what they do, but haven't thought specifically about authority and its tie to how much you can charge. So again, that's one big thing that I want you to get from this. Okay, the final piece here then when it comes to unique selling proposition is an irresistible offer because ultimately all of this that has to translate into a precise offer that hits the nail directly on the head of what your potential clients want most. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next section and, and where you can learn how to do that. Um, but it's, it's, it's very important. This is really what we're driving at with all of this. And I'll just say this, if you combine the three things we just talked about, uh, a specific niche, high authority within that niche and a compelling offer that hits exactly what your clients want, I'm just telling you, selling your services, raising your prices, getting the best of the best clients, and then ultimately making six figures and beyond or whatever it is, it's going to be a lot easier than you might imagine. You're going to be light years ahead of, of other freelancers who really just don't think about this stuff all that much. So this stuff might seem a little esoteric and weird, but and, you know, you might have the tendency to say, yeah, 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 but it really does like doing it is what separates the freelancers who can charge what they want to charge and make what they want to make from the ones that are still just kind of struggling around trying to figure it out. Okay, so we talked about irresistible offer, and I said I'd mention that in the next section. So the big thing here is you want to develop data-driven service offerings. That's the next big thing. And I find a lot of freelancers just sort of guess when it comes to what services they're going to offer and what they're going to charge. It's If you do that, you're just going to be miserable. I prefer to use actual data to figure out the services client's are actually buying right now and what they're paying for within a particular niche. And less guessing is just gonna lead to less struggling and less failing. That said, I have a whole episode here in Let's Talk Freelance episode three where I go through that in detail. It's a screencast where we go on Fiverr and we go on other sites and I show you how to figure all of this out. So I'm not gonna reinvent the wheel and put that back in here. Just if you're at that point or when you get to that point, just go to episode three and it's just gonna walk you step by step through how to do that. But just to focus on this, this is really, really important. You want to combine those three things, specific niche, niche authority, and then a compelling offer. If you get the first two, but don't couple it with a compelling offer, you're going to suffer um, as a result because it's just not the exact perfect offer that clients want. All right. Next thing then is to build a system of clients or a system to get clients. So another common mistake that I see, and this is something the famous online marketer, Jeff Walker, he calls it hope marketing. So 
you decide to put up a freelance or decide to freelance, you put up a profile on a freelance site or you build a website to sell your services and then what? Now, maybe you write a blog post or two or you throw up some stuff on social media, but, but now what? And what I find is most freelancers don't have a set, consistent, daily, reliable system for constantly bringing in new clients. A set, uh, a set of actions that they can go out and take on a daily basis that they know that will bring people into their system. And once they're in their system, then they'll be methodically converted into clients. A lot of freelancers just don't do that. They just sort of wing it. And that's where the income instability that you hear so many freelancers talk about, that's where it actually comes from is not having that reliable system. So the point is you want a well-defined and planned system. Now there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that, but I'm just going to tell you what I'm, I would do if I were starting all over from scratch. Some of this, I know some of you are going to vehemently disagree with, but it's what I did. It's what worked for me and I've seen others do it. I've advised other students to do it and it's worked well for them. So this is what I would do if I were starting over today. So the very first thing is I would create an Upwork account, which I know is blasphemous, but there's just so much opportunity over on Upwork that you can't ignore it. There's thousands of new jobs posted every day and the clients are there ready to buy right now. So there just isn't a more captive audience of buyers waiting to give you money. Again, I know a lot of people will say, well, there's there's junk projects and there's bad clients and this, all that. There is. There's thousands, I think hundreds of thousands of clients over on Upwork, probably I think even in the millions. So yeah, you're gonna it's gonna run the full gamut of clients that you could find, but there's also good clients. And yes, those jobs are a little bit more competitive, but at least you have the opportunity to compete. Whereas if you just put up your own website and nobody ever visits it, you're not even you're not even competing. You don't even get a shot at it. And we can take a example that we used before, WordPress landing pages. I can find jobs over there right now for fifteen hundred dollars, a thousand, there's some even for ten K plus uh over there. And you're, you're just not going to find a site where that kind of money is being thrown around on a regular basis. And that's for one search. You can find those projects, those kind of projects all over the site. Yes, you can find the $5 projects, but you can also find the $1,000 and $10,000 and $1,500 projects. They're both there. It's just a matter of knowing how to find them, knowing how to bid on them, knowing how to deliver on them, etc. So it's really about doing the right things and taking the right steps. And if I always recommend people get a client account over there. If you get a client account and you look at some of the freelancers over there, you'll find people for 200, 300, 400, $500,000 over on Upwork. So there are real freelancers making real money. Again, it's just competitive. So, you know, for all the hand wringing that some people do about the site as a new freelancer, like I said, you're just going to have a hard time finding this much opportunity anywhere else. So if uh, my recommendation is ignore the naysayers and remember it just comes back to t doing the right things, taking the right actions. And if you do that, then you're going to be going methodically. It doesn't mean you're gonna immediately going to land a $30,000 project, but it means you're going to be taking the right steps to get to the point where you're going to start getting some of those, those higher paying projects um, and, and, and be able to use it as a tool. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what to do and how to juice all this. Now, I will say full disclosure, I do teach a course on Upwork where I show you how to do all this, build your profile, write proposals, bid on jobs, etc. So I may be a little bit biased, so take it for what it's worth. You don't have to use Upwork, that, that's the big thing here. If you prefer using another website, 
by all means, feel free to use it. I just think for starting out, it's the largest freelance site out there. There's a lot of opportunities, and so I recommend it. If you do decide you want to use Upwork, I would strongly suggest you already have access to the course, so there's no sales pitch here. I, I would strongly suggest taking my Upwork course. You can find it on my profile. It's just going to walk you through what to do and how to do the right things. So there you go with that. So create an Upwork account. Once your Upwork account is created, now you need to build your website. And so the big thing here is, and this is where I, I tend to lose a lot of people, but if you do this, it works really well. I did this when I first started and it just, it works tremendously. So the idea here is we've created an Upwork account, but we're not just going to, we're not just going to sit around and hope that Upwork brings us everything. We're not going to rely on Upwork. We're building a real freelance business. Okay. So we're not, we're, there's no hoping allowed in a real freelance business business. You don't get a hope for anything. You go out and get it and create everything that you need. Okay, that's the idea here. So we're going to do what every other business on the planet that has an online presence does. Build a website, market your services, and get clients all on your own. So we're going to create, we're going to create our website. We're going to blog. We're going to do social media. We're going to run ads. We're going to do all of that stuff. But at the beginning, we're going to take those people and when they decide they want to hire us, we're going to move them over to Upwork. Now, that's where I lose people. People go, wait a second. Why would I put in all this effort and all this work to then take the client and just give it to Upwork? And now they charge their fees and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm basically just handing them money. Well, there's two reasons. First off is if you bring a new client to Upwork. So they don't have an account on Upwork at all. They're completely brand new. You bring them over there, they create an account, and then they hire you. All of the standard fees that Upwork normally charges, they don't charge. So you're actually not handing them anything. You're not losing out. So that's the first thing. A lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people that hate Upwork know that and don't talk about it because they want you to hate Upwork. But that that is the reality. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that that allows you to then juice the algorithm. So Upwork, and again, a lot of people don't fully realize this, is very algorithm driven. And so the more, and it's based primarily off of your job history and your feedback that you've gotten from clients. So if we bring in our own clients over to Upwork, now what happens is we start to do, we start to add to our job history, start to add to our feedback. I'm assuming that you do good work and you're going to get good feedback. If you get bad, here's the thing. I get some people like, hey, I got a bad review from a client and now I'm, you know, I'm screwed over on Upwork. I, I don't know what to tell you. You get a bad review. Like it doesn't matter what, where you're at. You can be <laughs> anywhere. If you get a client that's not happy, like that's going to screw you anywhere. So I'm assuming that you're doing good work and that you're going to get good reviews. But if you bring clients over there and you start getting that job history, you start getting those reviews, guess what happens? Upwork has now has data on you because that's the biggest problem you face when you first get on Upwork and you have no job history. They have no data on you. So they don't know, have any way to know if you're trustworthy or not. So they, there's no data. There's no trust. You bring it data. You give it data. And now it starts to learn more about you. And after you get a couple projects that you've brought in over to Upwork and it gets some data on you, get good feedback, the projects go well, all that sort of thing. Now that it's essentially juicing the algorithm and now it starts to work in your favor. And what ends up happening is you end up getting more work from Upwork than you ever brought it. 
So this is what I did early on. I brought a few projects over to Upwork on my own and then the algorithm basically turned in my favor, saw me as a reliable freelancer and by the by the time I had to like back it off, I was getting 30 plus job invites per month from Upwork and these were large high paying thousands of dollars per project projects. So, and I could only do one or two of them a month. So I was essentially overrun with potential work because I had 30 plus people inviting me to their projects and I can maybe take one or two. That's the point you want to get to and building your website and, and pushing people to Upwork in the beginning allows you to juice the algorithm so you can get to that point. Then later on, what we'll do is as we establish ourselves on Upwork, we get more job history, we get more feedback, we get testimonials, we get items to put in our portfolio. We're taking those portfolio items and also putting them on our website. We're taking those testimonials and also putting them on our website. And we're building out our website. We're creating content. We're blogging. We're doing all of the regular business stuff. And we're doing it while we're getting up uh, work over on Upwork primarily, but we're building out our main site. And then once we get to the point where we're like, okay, I'm getting enough people asking me on a monthly basis to hire them for my own website. I'm going to stop sending them over to Upwork. I'm just going to let them hire me here on my own site. And now that's when you kind of break free from Upwork. You're not reliant on Upwork. You can still get work from it if you want, but now you've kind of built out your, your own site and you, you usually can charge more, you'll make more, etc. So that's the big idea. We're just using Upwork as a tool to allow us to build out our credibility and our authority um, and, and having it send us work, reducing the algorithm, all that. But it's ultimately a stepping stone to building out our own site and having our own site. So that's the big idea here. When it comes to, there's a number of pages and things to do when it comes to building your website. I talk about that in episodes seven and eight. So if you're at the point of actually building your website, check out episodes uh, seven and eight. Once your website is built, then you need to market your website. So you need to start blogging and, and you know, blog articles, YouTube videos, social media posts, podcasts, all the stuff. Again, if any of you follow me uh, outside of here, you'll know that I do all that, all that stuff. I blog, I do YouTube videos, I do social media, I do podcasts, I do advertising, etc. So you want to do all of that stuff to market uh, your website. There's a lot to that, way more than <laughs> I created a whole two-hour course on it. So it's way more than I want to put into an episode here. But just go to my profile and check out the Turn Content into Clients course. And that's going to show you how to go about marketing your website, everything that I do. Uh, nothing held back or anything like that. Everything I do to, to market my own stuff. So if you want to learn that, again, just check out the Turn Content into Clients course uh, on my profile. Okay, so you've got your Upwork account, you built your website, you've started marketing your website. Another thing that you can do that's really effective is to network locally and then push those people uh, to Upwork. So I was a part of two two meetup groups and every meeting that I went to, I always got clients uh, or I always got leads for different projects. You know, some of those people hired me, some of them didn't, but I was always getting at least one, sometimes more leads uh, every time I went to one of these meetings. And the really, the, the big thing about this is that every single one of those people that either hired me or introduced me to somebody or gave me a lead or whatever, not a single one of them ever asked me for a portfolio, asked me what my URL for my website was. None of them had seen any work 
that I'd ever done. And they were willing to recommend me as a lead and hire me for their stuff. And that, for someone who's new, that can be a big advantage because you don't necessarily have that stuff. You want to try and have something you can show people, but a lot of these groups, they just don't ever ask for it because they just, people have this thing where if they meet you in person, that a lot of that stuff just, and they get a read of you that they they like you, a lot of that stuff just sort of goes out the window. So they can be really effective in that sense. Now you might wonder, okay, well, where do I find these? So a couple places, there's a website called meetup.com. That's a good place to start. You can you have to create a free account over there. But once you do, you can type in your location and it'll find groups that are registered on meetup.com in your area. I, even, I live in a small, small town and I even still have several relevant ones around uh, where I live here now. So And it was much more when I lived in back in Omaha, which is a much bigger town. So that's one place is meetup.com. Another thing is you can just ask the, the, the local professionals, so insurance agents, lawyers, doctors, uh, plumbers, uh, home mortgage, realtors, financial experts, any of those people, a lot of those industries, meetup groups are a big a big part of how they go about getting work and they're, they rely on their them pretty heavily. So just ask those people, ask your doctor or your lawyer or your realtor or whatever, if you have those things that you, your plumber that you contact, Ask them if they're a part of these groups. If they say yes, say, hey, are they looking for a, a web developer, a graphic designer, or whatever, writer, whatever it is that you do? Um, and they'll just tell you yes or no. I mean, there's this one over here, this, you know, and, and you just, if you do that, that's an easy way that you can do it as well. Okay, so the last thing then with the meetup groups is uh, just a few tips for how to deal with these groups. The first big thing is picking the right kind of group. So the tendency would be, let's say I'm a developer, well, I want to get in a meetup group with other developers. The problem with that is, is those people are doing the same thing that you're doing, so they're not necessarily likely to have work to give you because they're taking it for themselves. So you won't really want to try to stick to a more general career and business-oriented type of group on meetup.com. They have a category of groups called career and business. What you want is you want the people in the group itself to be people that are targeted for your services. So I was in a group with, like I said, lawyers, insurance agents, uh, auto body was one of them, uh, realtor, home mortgage. Those were a number of the people that were in the groups that I was in. And they all kind of had websites or were thinking about websites or whatever. They were all targeted for my services. So you want to get hired by the people in the actual group, which is a little bit different than how a lot of these people uh, do it. But again, you just want to pick the right kind of group so that that, that you have uh, people that can hire you for your services as opposed to people who do exactly what you do. Then the, the, there's just not going to be much work that's probably going to come out of that. Second thing is pick the right size group. So some groups have thousands of members. Some have less than 10. I found that 20 to 50 members is a, is a good size. There's enough potential for work, but it's also everybody's going to know you. You can kind of stand out. You can be the only person in the group who does what you do at that size. And so it's just a lot easier for you to kind of be the go-to person for this kind of work. And that helps you get a lot more work uh, out of those groups. The final thing then is to just focus on helping people in order to get helped. So you want to remember that these are all business owners just like you. And so they're looking for work just like you. 
So if you do your best to help them get work, they'll return the favor. So let's say a friend of yours is say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a plumber. I had this thing happen with with my my plumbing and they're they're kind of venting to you about it, or whatever you you can say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a part of this this uh, local this business group and we have a plumber in there that's really good and send them to that plumber. Tell them to say, hey, tell them that I, I sent you over there and then when you that that plumber though that person goes to that plumber let's say that plumber will know that you sent them and they'll be more likely to help you back and it it sounds kind of like oh yeah yeah whatever but these groups are oriented around that particular thing and they really do that's where a lot of of my referrals came from because i did a lot in the group i i would teach different classes on te technology based stuff like social media and and so forth and so then i would get referrals as a, a result of that i helped people just you know, with their phones and, you know, the typical thing if you're a developer, like how you end up being the tech person for anybody, any group that you belong to. But in this case, it can actually come back and benefit you. So that's the whole idea. Help help people. And that's why they don't ask for portfolios and stuff, because they see that as you're helping them, you can run circles around them around that particular topic. And they're like, OK, this person knows what they're talking about and they don't have any problem recommending you. So. That's the whole the, the whole network locally thing. And then again, take all of that and push those people over to Upwork. Now, again, some of those people aren't going to want to do that, and that's fine. You don't have to, but as many as you can in order to juice that algorithm uh, in your favor. And then again, later on, we'll, we'll switch off of that. But that's the whole idea here around building a system. So create your Upwork account, build your website, market your website, and then do some network locally, uh, networking locally. I'm telling you, if you really do those things, you do some, you, you give full faith effort in those things and you do them well, I'm just, it'd be hard pressed for me to, to see you not be successful, to see you not get clients, to see you not reach whatever your income goals are. Everybody that I've ever worked with who's not reaching the income goals that they wanted, I could go in and I could find holes in, in one of these several things. So, um, it's just if you if you do it, it'll happen. You have to give a full faith of effort, not you know doing it halfway. But if you really do it, really commit to it, that's uh, it'll work. Okay, from there then. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. As usual, this is a snippet from the latest episode of my Let's Talk Freelance course over on Skillshare. So in the full episode, we just kind of continue on down the path through the rest of the steps of how to create a six-figure income. So if you'd like to keep doing that. You can learn how to get free access to the course at letstalkfreelance.com. It's a Q&A style uh, course where you get to actually get in there and ask your questions directly. And I do video answers uh, to those questions. So not only will you get access to the latest episodes, you get access to all the previous episodes, plus the ability to ask any questions uh, that you might have and get a direct video response. So if that's something that's appealing to you, then again, you can learn how to get free access at letstalkfreelance.com. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time.